0: Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Sports Network Michigan State Podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. Be sure to check us out on Anchor, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Like the Facebook page, comment, share all the content as well on that. Um, subscribe, review, do whatever you guys can. Come on, like, help us out a little bit. You know, we're, we're trying to blow this thing up. Uh, we obviously did it by expanding and, you know, rebranding us on all of that, on all those fronts. And, uh... Look, uh, we've got some Michigan content coming today per Jeremy File, um, or we should anyways, uh, the Lions podcast will be back next week talking final preseason game, final cuts, uh, preview of the Philadelphia Eagles in the opener, I believe that is on September 11th, um, so lots of good stuff on this page, um. The Cover Three podcast by Flipside Sports also making its annual return. Um, it will be coming over to this page though. Me and Nate have hit almost 60% of our games over the last two years. We hope to continue that stretch of dominance uh, headed into this season. So, lots of good stuff coming this way. Uh, I might just have to do a brand new Facebook page, because it's still under trouble with the snap, and like I said, I'm having issues with Facebook, having issues reaching out to Facebook, and all those other things, so, if you like this page, awesome, there may be another one coming, but if you like this page, we'll obviously send you set up the link and do all of that, so, lots of good stuff, um, you know, expanding the entire state of Michigan, plus the Cover 3 is going to have uh, generic more or less, more of the national scale of NFL football talk. So I'm excited about that. Can't wait to get started. But I'm also excited because tonight is Michigan State's opener. Michigan State opens up at the woodshed as 21 point favorites right now. Um, it was 19 and a half, was as high as 22 and a half. I'll talk about that at the end of the show. Um, Look, there's, unfortunately, there's not a lot to talk about when you look at a team that's projected to finish fourth in their mid-major division. You know, you you can't sit there and talk, oh, well, the quarterback does this, the receiver's this, the running back's that. This, This is a team that lost Skymore, who was a very high NFL draft pick. You lost your starting quarterback. There's a lot going on with this team. You lost four of your top five receivers. This is a team that is also returning Ladarius Jefferson and Sean Tyler. Ladarius Jefferson led the Broncos in attempts and rushing yards last season. Sean Tyler, more of the do everything type wide receiver, kind of a Small Debo, um, he returns kicks. He he does everything for the team. He averaged six and a half yards a carry. He's he's more a boomer bust type guy. Uh, they like to get him out in the flat. They they like to run routes with him. They like to do a little bit of everything with him. And that's where <laughs> guess what? I'm going to talk about Darius Snow. Uh, that's where a guy like Darius Snow I think can come in to play. I think he can do a little bit of everything. As well, you know, we talked about his ability to play up to the line. They moved him to linebacker. We talked about his ability to cover. He's he's he did well in coverage last season, and I think uh, part of the move is to help the coverage. Part of the move to linebackers to help the coverage with the linebackers. Crouch and Halliday were not good last year. Okay, Halliday put in the effort, and he had moments, especially when. Uh, He got up right over the center and then he dropped back. He recorded two pick sixes off of that one against IU that helped Michigan State win the game by five points and the other against Pitt to help seal a New Year's Six Bowl victory. But other than that, he wasn't that spectacular. He's okay in zones, not good man-to-man. Cravaris Crouch was awful in both. Snow's going to improve that, and I think that's going to come in handy when you face a guy like Sean Tyler so you have two running backs who you know uh, came back, they put up about 1900 yards last year had 19 touchdowns on the ground quarterback is gone four of their top five receivers are gone and unfortunately that's kind of what I want to see, their quarterback is a redshirt freshman he's starting In the night game, on a Friday night in East Lansing, Michigan State's won 12, their last 12 openers, that's a uh, current high in the Big Ten. This is a, this is not what I want to see in week one, because when you look, I'm going to break it down offense and defense, what I'd like to see, you know, two things on defense I want to see. One is, I want to see Amir Speed get targeted. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen all that much. I think this is a Broncos team that's going to try to establish the ground game, which, by the way, and try to slow the game down, which I don't think is going to work for them. Uh, I think Michigan State's rush defense is just too good. But the other thing I want to see is the domino effect. And ultimately, what I mean by that is. I want to know if there's that schematic change that I talked about with Thomas Wright, which you can hear um, if you go back in any of those aforementioned uh, platforms that I talked about at the top of the show. You go back, um, you can listen to my interview with him. I want to see that schematic change. Is Michigan State going to be more multiple like we were promised when Mel Tucker came in? Because all we've seen over the last two years is a 4-2-5. We haven't seen the 3-4. We haven't seen the 4-3. We haven't seen really it. It's been all 4-2-5, 4-2-5, 4-2-5. And I want to know, is there going to be that schematic change to the 4-3? If there's that schematic change to the 4-3, will that help the ends get pressure on the quarterback? You're replacing Beasley and Ponashuk. Both guys could get to the quarterback uh, pretty well. Um, I think There were still some other pressure situations that they could have uh, helped. Michigan State didn't blitz a ton last year. And I want to know if that's going to help the pass rush. Well, if it helps the pass rush, it's going to help the corners and improve the pass coverage. And just because that just gives the receivers less time to get open. So I want to see that domino effect. And it all starts with the schematic change on the defensive end. Offensively, I want, I want, I want to see the line create the holes. You know, we saw, we saw it a little bit last year, but we also saw plays like Kenneth Walker's first touchdown uh, against Michigan, where he got bottled up right at the line of scrimmage. Somehow, you know, he bounced it out. Not to be blasphemous, like Barry Sanders, and he took it to the house. That's something that I'm intrigued to see because, first off, you don't have that K-9 magic back there anymore. Can the offensive excuse me, can the offensive line create the holes? Uh, you know, people talk regularly about uh, oh, well, Michigan State's losing this, this, this on the offensive line. and Yes, they did lose the last of the Allen brothers. And uh, the entire right side some of the improvements, uh, or not necessarily improvements, but positives to kind of take away from that stuff is you added Brian Green, who was second-team pack 12 um, he, He's probably going to start at right guard because Carrick's uh, trying to bounce back from that injury. Uh, I, either way, you, you have six offensive linemen right now that I feel like I can trust and everybody else is a retro freshman or true freshman, including Ethan Boyd, who I think is going to be solid on the ends, but, and uh, uh, Vince Doppel, I think. Um, I'm drawing a blank on uh, who number eight is as far as uh, what we've projected as the depth chart goes, but that that's something that, I'm intrigued to see. I want to see them create the holes. You have a lot of returning experience. Uh, Jarrett Horse comes back. He hasn't played since the Michigan game. I think that's going to help the left side of the line. Uh, his absence helped Spencer Brown get some reps last year. And he's going to be anchoring the right side. And then you obviously have Nick Samick coming in who uh, was in a position battle with the youngest Allen brother for seemed like a two years, three years. Um, JD DuPlain is back as uh, the uh, left guard. And then, like I said, you have Brian Green on the right side or Matt Carrick. But everybody has experience already. Everybody's got that starting experience. So, can you create the holes? This is a Western Michigan team projected to finish fourth in the MAC or, excuse me, not even the Mac in their division. This is a Western Michigan team projected to finish fourth in their division. You've got to be able to create the space against them. I'm not saying it's going to happen against everybody. I'm not saying it's going to happen against Michigan or Penn State. At least, you know, not as much as I would like. But you've got to be able to do it against the Broncos. And so I'm excited to see that. Um, that that's something that I want to see happen. I talked about offense and defense. Um, you know, just that one thing that really sticks out. And well, defense I gave you two. But that's where I stand. You you've got to see that type of stuff against a lower tier opponent, which ultimately Western Michigan is. Um, so the bet right now, Michigan State. It's. 6:30 in the morning. Michigan State is uh, favored by 21. I got it at night at 19 and a half. If it got to 20, I wouldn't put money on it. Um, that that was where my hook was. I I didn't like that at all. The spread was as high as 22 and a half. Like I said it's down to 21 right now. I would still take Michigan State. I don't think Western's going to be able to move the ball well. Like I said, they're a running team. If Michigan State converts to this 4-3 as anticipated, or if we see more of it at least, if we see um, you know, just a, another formation defensively, if Michigan State does that, Western's not going to move the ball that well. They shouldn't be able to anyways. They've got a redshirt freshman quarterback, like I mentioned. He's thrown five passes his career at WMU. Um, he's not seen a defensive front like this because Slade will be causing all sorts of havoc up the middle. You also have Maverick Hansen. You have uh, Jalen Hunt. So lots of uh, quality depth up the middle as well for Michigan State. I'm curious to see if Western comes out and tries to establish the ground game. And if they try to do that, it's going to bite them in the butt. They won't be able to move the ball. Michigan State had a good rush defense last year. And part of that may have been what I kind of liken to the Ronald Williams effect. You know, Ronald Williams is out there. The other team's not throwing the ball his way. Why is the other team not throwing the ball his way? Is it because he's got his man covered? Or is it because Kimbrough was that bad? Lowry was that bad? So it's going to be interesting to see if this team is able to capitalize off of that. This is a Western team, like I said. They're going to try to establish a ground game. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. Do they try to air it out just because the secondary was so terrible last year? Maybe. But like the Ronald Williams effect, I think Williams got a little bit better. I think the combination of everything is going to make the secondary better in regard to the scheme change. Uh, the versatility at the linebacker position, Jacoby Winman can come off the edge. He's really good, good at that. Uh, Darius Snow, like I mentioned, can kind of do a little bit of everything. And obviously Cal Halliday is, you know, a, was a freshman All-American last year. So a, a lot to kind of take into consideration as you look at this opener. I don't think Western's going to be able to move the ball. I don't think Michigan State's going to be as explosive as last year because everyone was sucked up to the line trying to stop Kenneth Walker after the first couple games. But I think Peyton Thorne's still going to be efficient with the ball. Uh, you know, shorter stuff means less of a chance of uh, something bad happening. We'll see what's the old quote by the Notre Dame coach from the 60s When you pass the ball, three things can happen, and two of them are bad. And obviously, you know, the game's evolved just dramatically since the 60s. But. I don't know if Thorne's going to be able to take those deep shots this year just because Jaden Reed is now Weapon Weapon X. He, he is the guy. He is going to be the focal point. Um, so that that's where I'm at with it. I think Michigan State can be methodical, though, in the way they move the ball. They have weapons all over the field. Coleman should be good as a third receiver. Uh, Jeremy Bernard making some noise. Uh, He might sneak in the rotation. Uh, I know we didn't really talk about him all that much on our wide receiver preview that we did. Um, Obviously Trey Mosley's there. You have three good tight ends. Tyler Hunt, Malik Carr and uh, Daniel Barker the transfer from Illinois. So, and then you have at least two running backs. We'll probably see three. We'll probably see Joyner in there as well. All of that said, I think peyton thorn well he took advantage of the deep ball while it was there it just shows that he can do it that was my concern a couple years ago and i think that's why rocky started is because he had quote unquote the big arm but peyton thorn's got that ability to uh be efficient to not be a game manager but make the right reads make the right plays he's very intelligible very intelligent. He's got a he's got a lot of moxie, a lot of pocket presence. Like Thomas Roy said, if he can just slide, like, <laughs> I think he'd be as good as most quarterbacks in the Big Ten. But just because I don't want to see him hurt, and I held my breath so many times last year. But I, I think he's going to be able to move the ball efficiently. Give me Michigan State over 21. A little uh, bonus action for you. I'm setting the line at 4.5 for the interesting ties in this game, meaning oh, did you know Jeff Thorne is uh, Peyton Thorne's dad, he's the offensive coordinator at Western Michigan, LaDarius Jefferson played at Michigan State, did you know Tim Lester knew Peyton Thorne since he was so young, blah 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 blah, whatever Jaden Reed played at Western LaDarius Jefferson and Jaden Reed might be the biggest (laughs) ripoff trade though in college football history Uh, Yeah, the the mentions in this game, just all of that generic, boring talk when it turns into a blowout that you always hear is just going to be unfathomable. I'm not going to be able to stand it, but you know what it is, what it is, a lot of the general public doesn't know. The national public won't know after the game either because the game got bumped to ESPN2 because everybody wants to see Serena Williams lose her last match. Uh, I'm kidding. Look, I don't know too much about tennis. I know Serena Williams is the best whoever did it. I also know she's not as good as she used to be. It is what it is. Whatever happens, happens there. I don't really care. But the game got moved from ESPN to ESPN two because Serena Williams is going to be taking up the main network. But, yeah, so a lot of stuff uh, to go over for Western Michigan. Probably going to be a lot less for the Akron game. But it's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited that football is back. Like I said, Ryan and Mike should be back next week with Lions coverage. Nate and I will be on the Cover 3 podcast by Flipside Sports through the Great Lakes Sports Network uh, to talk some NFL betting. Um, I got one of my games locked up. I know Nate wants a Thursday night special, so we'll try to have that pumped out by Wednesday. Um... But yeah, a lot a lot of good stuff coming through on the Great Lakes Sports Network. We're excited about it. We're excited about uh, what we're uh, doing here, and uh, hopefully you guys are too. But that does it for us on the Great Lakes Sports Network Michigan State Podcast. I'm Tyler Hayward.